Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88, wherever you are on the Faith FM network. Maybe you're on the internet. Maybe you're in Antarctica. I don't know, but what I do know is that you are listening to The Breakfast Show this morning on Faith FM with myself, Lawson, and my wonderful, amazing, awesome co-host, Monica. Monica, how are you just Whoever morning? is in Antarctica is living my dream. Really? Just say, yeah, I've applied for the... Uh, the um, a position on the Australian Australian Scientific Division of Antarctica multiple times now, and, <laughs> and I keep trying to get that job. No, I haven't got it yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll try again next season. <laughs> That's awesome. If anyone from the Australian Scientific Division of Antarctica is listening, can you uh, like you know do what what position do you want to hold there? Um, I've applied for both the top job and the bottom job. So like the station master, which is like herding cats, organising <clears throat> sort of like managing scientists and mm. then also the bottom job which is like the lackey the gopher sort of cleaning that kind of stuff i actually want the bottom job more because it's like less stress and i think you have mm. more off time to have fun and i just want to go for the fun just, um, yeah for yeah. the fun of antarctica yeah. you know and walking on of, that ice any of the middle jobs i'm not qualified for because they're all like you know you need like a phd in penguin science or something <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the top jobs just tell people what to do yeah, the bottom right. job is just do clean stuff. up after people yeah everything <laughs> the, middle, in the middle job is no stuff like <laughs> yeah, and it's like right. oh well that's that's where i'm lacking that's yeah. where i'm struggling <laughs> how are you doing oh wait i'm good i i in a little bit late this morning uh because man yesterday well i've had just a full weekend yeah i just such a full weekend um on sabbath i was down in sydney at waitara church sharing there and then it was like saturday night a group of us you know went out for dinner then i got home late and then woke up on sunday had brunch with one of my friends did a bible study then came back had a friend's birthday and i was there till late so i feel like i haven't really i've had a weekend of not working but i haven't had a weekend of rest and relaxation and so i've gotten in this morning but i'm, I'm awake i'm yeah I'm ready and your hair's done your yeah you know I, I i do need a haircut but hey you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different and we are going to have our first quiz for this week. Yes, get yourselves in with a chance to win the Friday Grand Prize draw uh, by getting just one quiz right at some point this week. There are five quizzes today. The mm. first one goes like this. Who said they were the only prophet left, as written in KJV uh, version of the Bible, I even I only remain a prophet of the Lord? Mm, absolutely. You're listening to the bribe, uh, to. <laughs> To the breakfast show here this morning. <laughs> Our number is zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. That is the number to call or text. Do you want to read that one more time for us? Who said that they were the only prophet left, as written in the KJV Bible? I even I only remain a prophet of the Lord. Absolutely. Monica. Yes. What is happening in the world of positively different news? Hey, have you heard of Four Ocean? Four Oceans. Yeah, it's the name of the business. It's like the number four and the word okay. ocean, but it's all together in one. Okay, I thought, as one. I thought there were seven seas, but okay, there's four, <laughs> four Ocean. Okay. Yeah, no, it's a, it's that um, it's that business where they pull the plastic out of the ocean, but then they convert it into like bracelets. Okay, I, I well, I know about, uh, we have like the ocean cleanup people mm-hmm. is, but th- these are, these are a different group of people and they're making bracelets. Yeah. So they're actually operating in 12 locations across two continents and they've mm-hmm. been dedicated to ending the 
ocean plastic crisis. I like how so many, you know, I think a lot of us have a lot of uh, animosity towards the younger generations that are coming up. But I do love that so many of them are like, you know what, let's just clean up the planet. Like, like just roll up dude, your sleeves. save those turtles. Yeah. Let's go. Let's <laughs> yeah. get this done. Exactly. And that, that great big um, patch of filth out in the ocean just being like, the one that's the size of Queensland apparently. And uh, and just having them be like, just just take a, take a crack at it. And um, and this, this company did actually go viral uh, a number of years ago for their, um, you know, turning waste into something um, that people wanted, that they actually mm. want to purchase this, mm-hmm. and they've done like a bit of a bit of a tally. And at the moment, get this: this is this is blowing my mind. Since the company began in 2017, they've now recovered from our oceans, rivers, and coastlines. 30 million pounds of plastic waste. I thought you were going to say pieces, and I'm like, okay, that's impressive, but 30 million pounds of I'm just going to Google how much plastic. it is in kilos. It's, it's probably around, I don't know, like a, a 10, 10 million, It's a number million. so big I literally can't even read it. Hang on, how many numbers is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It's like about 10 numbers long. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot of kilos. 30 mm-hmm. million pounds mm-hmm. of, of plastic waste um, out of the ocean. So, the, I mean, kudos to them. The guy, his name's um, Alex Schultz. He's the CEO and co-founder. Mm. He said, we've built an entire business for the sole purpose of cleaning the ocean with hundreds of local captains and crew members recovering ocean, uh, trash from our oceans and coastlines seven days a week and the support of millions of people doing their part to prevent pol- plastic pollution. I am sure our work will have a lasting impact on the ocean. This is so cool. Like, so they literally, they literally hire... They're, them selling these plastic bracelets has led to them being able to hire sea captains and oh, wow. boats and crew members and like entire like crews on boats to go out and just in the way that people go fishing and then sell their fish at market, mm-hmm. they go and collect plastic rubbish and then convert that into into jewelry. Okay, I have a little bit of a question. Yeah, because I, obviously I think this is genius because you're funding your clean yeah. up the world mm-hmm. event with something tangible. But the thing that's tangible is jewelry. And that jewelry is made out of plastic. Mm-hmm. And there's just something about it where it's like, do I really want to wear jewelry that's made of ocean junk? Is you, it is it really good looking? Um do you know what? Like, I feel have a look. I reckon this is right up your alley. Oh, okay. It's like it's nice, cute right? little wristbands it's nice. and stuff. There's, there's like, there's like, did you want to have a look, DJ Shell? I saw you crane your neck there for a second. Okay. Uh, I, it's, it's, it's got multiple ways they make it. So they make, some of it they make it look like thread, and so they mm-hmm. sort of weave bracelets. I sort of okay. I, I think I think for our listeners, I'll describe it as sort of like almost African tribal woven bracelets. Mm-hmm. But then they also have it where they make it into beads, mm-hmm. and then they have um like the one that I'm looking at is like beautiful uh, sort of clear beads. It looks like glass. But the thing is, yes, it is still reusing plastic, and the plastic kind of still exists. But I tend to think. The people who are buying this stuff, once this breaks down, if it ever does, they will probably be a little more savvy on how they dispose of it, considering they're obviously concerned enough to purchase it in the first place. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I, I, I feel like this is, I feel like it's going to come out of the ocean. I feel like it's going to stay out of the ocean. So yeah, so <clears throat> really good on them. I'm. This is just, it's blowing my mind that they have like. <clears throat> excuse me, like a, an entire supply chain, basically, mm. that's just funded <clears throat> through the sale of these bracelets 
for solely the purpose of cleaning up the oceans. Yeah, like, absolutely. Kudos to them. I never would have. I never would have thought of to, to do this. <laughs> and, and the cool thing is. A lot of the people that they've hired um, to do this are actually like from third world countries, and in mm. fact, like even their oh it, wow, so they're just they're, they're giving they're, people jobs, literally, like literally, like all their bracelets are actually handcrafted by um, artisans living in either Guatemala or Bali. Awesome. So they literally create like an industry, yeah. in these countries for these people. Um, so yeah, they said every bracelet purchase funds our cleanups and creates jobs that provide the steady income uh, people in these communities need right now, which is so true. Mm. I. I I feel like these people have really sweet sleep. Yeah. Don't you reckon? They probably go they to bed sleep, every night. They sleep well. Yeah. And, just you know, knowing they've really made a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I love that this venture to clean up the ocean is not only effective, like 30 million pounds of plastic over however many years they've been doing it, but it's also entrepreneurial. Yeah. Like, and it's self-sustaining. Yeah. Like, this is this is such an incredible model to do anything charitable. I, I reflect, you know, in the church world when it comes to, you know, ministry and whatnot. It's like, oh, how can we how can we best have our ministries function? And it's it's in this way. It's when they're self-supporting and simultaneously achieving the goal that you're wanting to achieve. And for our case in ministry, it's sharing the gospel. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, for these people, they've got a, a an epic model here. Um, and I, well, if anything, I'd say it's probably biblically inspired because I, there are plenty of ministries that are doing the same thing, but yeah, it's, it's definitely like one, one of the big targets that we're trying to hit in ministry is how can we make ministries self-sustaining and simultaneously fulfilling the goal of reaching people. But at the same time, we have a God that we can rely on and he, he opens up the doors and directs the paths and, and gets us the funds to be able to do his work. So, and Amen. I definitely see, you know, people cleaning out the ocean. I'm like, well, oh, praise God, you know, looking after his creation. That's it. The stewardship. The stewardship, mm. the stewardship that we were given in the book of Genesis. Mm. Hey, one last quick story. Have you uh, heard of uh, Abby and Aaron, the conjoined twins? Oh, they're like famous, kind yeah, of. Yeah, look, have a little look at these babies. Look at them. Oh. Oh, wow. No, no. I yeah. haven't heard of so, these guys. So, but that uh, is wild. Yeah. So, they're the rare conjoined twins. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, to be honest, they were told that they probably would be born um, uh, not surviving. So, mm. in, in the 11th week of pregnancy, the mother, uh, Heather Delaney, learned that she was carrying twins that were actually connected at the head. Um, wow. So, it's known as craniopagus uh, twins. And uh, they were born at 30 weeks, just weighing uh, six pounds combined. And mm. they remained in the neonatal intensive care unit until their first birthday. So mm. their whole first year of their life was spent in hospital. Um, and they actually underwent a pioneering procedure to separate their skulls. This is at the uh, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia in Pennsylvania. Mm. And, uh, and although they both have de- developmental difficulties, they apparently, good news, now both thriving as they approach their Aww. seventh birthday. So, yeah, this is uh, made news around the world. Um, they're now thriving. They're, they're graduating kindergarten, and uh, they're just living their best life. Dude, that is amazing. Yeah. Especially because, okay, the photo you just showed me of their conjoining, like it's the top of their head it's to the other top, top of, of their, their head, head. Yeah. laid out flat. Yeah, it's like a, like a really long sort of like that, baby. Have a look, DJ Shell. I, like, when, when I saw that picture, I was it's like, a really no way. long baby. Yeah, yeah, they would have never survived. But um, mm. have a look at them now. So they're, they're seven years old and they're just wearing pink in their little matching mm. pajamas. And they're just, they're just uh, having the best time. It's just so miraculous. Um, 
that these little girls have been able to survive and mm. um, their parents have been recovering apparently from the trauma. They can say they can now talk about it properly. Mm. <laughs> um, but they're about to go to mainstream school and uh, they do have a little bit of a special class, but they're doing all the normal things, running, walking, playing, and, uh, yeah, just having, having happy, healthy lives. So, yeah, praise mm. the Lord for, for – for, do you know what? Pe- when people live up to the talents that God has given them mm. and, you know, cultivate – the skills that they have um, to be able to be like a doctor who could separate twins that were joined at the head is just you know incredible. Yeah. So yeah, kudos to everyone involved and uh, and what a great little story. Definitely have a look at that, Abby and Erin. Um, have a little Google and have a look at those pictures of these wonderful little girls just living their best life. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we are going to have our next quiz. It is a complete the verse quiz, uh, this one. So I'm going to give you the first part of it and you have to tell me the last two words. So complete this verse. I will not let you go unless you blank blank. 0491064669. I will not let you go unless you what are the next two words. Mm-hmm. And the prize is a wonderful book by Clifford Goldstein. Yes, Risen by Clifford Goldstein. This is an incredible book, an expensive book. It's getting all, it's like a real systematic a real wow. <laughs> look into a symposium, if you will, oh, into the resurrection of Christ and the evidence that is there to support it, but also the application for us today um, throughout history and, yeah, how it fits into the biblical narrative. Like, if you want a resource that completely encapsulates what the resurrection of Christ means, this is it. This is the one that you want, which for me, I'm like, there's probably nothing better you could have. There's there's no single more important event in the Bible than the resurrection of Christ. Maybe you could Amen. say creation's up there too. But hey, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. And yeah, get that quiz again for us. Complete this verse. I will not let you go unless you... Blank, blank. Blank, blank. 0491-064-669. You are listening to The Breakfast Show this morning here on Faith FM. And I have some stories to share about some pastors around the world. Oh, yeah. Now, pastors are, uh, you know, fulfilling a job that God has instituted and set up to do. And in some cases, there are pastors who, you know, you can see through their actions and through their dealings with people. It's, you know, wolves and sheep's closing. I think pastors have get a pretty bad rap because of the amount of awful pastors. Oh, and yeah. if we throw priests into that pool <laughs> as well, and, and some of the, just the disgusting and terrible things that have happened in that space, because you're looking at people who have some level of religious authority and the way that that has been abused, you know, whether it be monetarily or, you know, in, in other ways, it, it's really awful. But simultaneously, part, being a pastor is a job that people are called to. It is a biblical position. And it's actually something that I'm studying to do. I'm currently at Avondale University getting my degree in theology because I want to have a life of full-time ministry. And that's because I believe that the position of the pastor is one that enables people to go out and to reach people with the gospel. And this is this is what pastors are called to do. This is what their job is is supposed to be: is to to equip others to reach people with the word of the Lord. And so, yeah, pastors have a position in our church, and I think it's fantastic, and I think they should be there. And they are, yeah, there's a God appointed position that is incredibly vital to the growth of the church. Now, 
there is a story. There's a couple of different stories. One coming from Vietnam and one, one coming from the UK that I particularly want to look at. First one from Vietnam. There's a pastor over there. His name is Nguyen Tong. And he is currently in prison. Oh. And he has been imprisoned because he was linked. He was charged um, with links to his campaigns for greater freedom of religion in the country of Vietnam. So he was going out and campaigning for this, promoting for this, lobbying for this in you know parliament and whatnot and to solve that problem in vietnam they're like well we're just gonna throw you in jail that's terrible currently he is in jail and a report has come out from christian solidarity worldwide which is an organization similar to voice of the martyrs who we Mm -hmm. talk to here on faith fm who is supporting persecuted christians um that they that he is suffering in a few different ways he's suffering from long-term effects of covid which is i have been experiencing this for the 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 last you know five months, I've actually finally come out of it. But basically, every couple of weeks, you know, getting headaches and flus and whatnot. And thankfully, I'm in a country where, and I'm in a situation where I have access to medication, and I was able to get through it. So he's suffering from this, but also an eye disease which has caused a near total loss of vision. So bro is in jail, like sick every couple of weeks, and he's going blind. and he's going blind. Wow. Despite this. Reports claim that authorities in the prison that he's in are refusing to allow him to be examined or treated by any medical people, you know, by any doctors, whatever. But furthermore, his family are unable to visit him in prison or to send him medicine. How is this not, this not a violation of human rights? It absolutely is. And and this is what is being shared now by C- CSW, uh, by Christian Solidarity Worldwide. Um, in in his uh, prison condition, you know, and you can imagine, okay, what's a Vietnamese prison like? It's probably not to the standard of uh, an Australian prison, say, or a first world country's prison. But simultaneously, um, particularly for, you know, information that's got out from him and from the letters that he's sending out, they haven't been cleaning his cell. Oh. And so it's become like a real lack of hygiene situation and mm-hmm. lack of cleanliness, which again, just spurs on more and more disease. Yeah. And now the problem is that you could think, okay, well, Maybe if he just persists, you know, how long has he got to go? Well, in 2018, he was charged with 12 years. So that means that his time of coming out of prison is probably in 2030. With the conditions that he's currently facing, he could die before then. So it's a really, really awful situation. And again, this person is wholly and solely being persecuted for their religion. And it's even while, like, for, for trying to raise concerns over his religious freedom, he's being persecuted and his religious freedom is being taken away. And you read a story like this from Vietnam and it's like, wow, this is so sad. It's very akin to lots of, th- you know, stories that are coming out of Asia and Africa, and particularly in developing countries. And we talked about India and Manipur last week and just these awful situations in which Christians are being persecuted. So it's, it's, it's terrible. It's like, wow, this is really sad. It's really tragic what's going on. But it's not just in Vietnam that oh. this, this, you know, persecution is happening over people's, uh, well, of pastors over their religious beliefs and convictions and what they've shared. In the UK. In the UK? In the UK, in the United Kingdom, an Anglican minister has had his bank account closed 
after what? raising concerns about the Yorkshire Building Society's promotion of transgenderism. Now, this person, his bank was closed by Barclays. Now, Barclays is a massive huge. bank. It's a huge. It's one of the big banks in the UK. Uh-huh. And he was speaking on a podcast. Again, a, a podcast, you know, not even like a public news report. But he's speaking on a podcast. So, he lives in this particular area in, in Yorkshire. And the Yorkshire Building Society, they're, you know, putting up, you know, transgender flags everywhere. And simultaneously, they're, you know, painting transgender murals and whatnot. And he's like, oh, man, you know, when I'm walking down the street and all I see is, you know, the, the color of, you know, white or black or whatever buildings just replaced with transgender flag here, transgender flag there. He's like, oh, you know, I'm not about it. And then obviously he has his personal moral convictions after sharing this. So this is a 62-year-old man. He's had his account with Barclays for 17 years. Oh, um, wow. And he's like, oh, you know, the building society of of um of Yorkshire it's a government sponsored thing and you know should it be just like promoting ideology to the point where it's like you can't walk down the street it's like every building and every council building and everything is is painted up this way you know can't we have like a regular looking town um he was contacted by Barclays uh, he received a letter stating his account would be permanently closed and did lose his money? So, obvious, like, in this, that would be illegal to take his money away. But they, I feel like what they're doing is already illegal. But they just take his money out and they just, you know, give it to him. They're like, good luck. And, um, <sighs> and yeah, we don't want you to be... Again, Barclays, it's not like a local thing. It's, this it's is, a huge worldwide bank. It's a Like, mass- you can go to Barclays in Kenya. It, absolutely, absolutely. It's a massive blank. Now, you know, he... he um, um, speaking to, you know, um, uh, a local newspaper over there, he said, they're a financial house. They are not there to do social engineering. I think mm. they should concentrate on their efforts managing money instead of promoting LGBT ideology, which I'm like, absolutely. I mean, especially because LGBT ideology like, is supposed to be about, like, they're, they're pre- preaching inclusion, inclusion, yeah. inclusion, and yet more than any other minority group that I've ever seen, they're so exclusive. Yeah, like absolutely. If you don't agree with us, we're going to, like, shut you down, like, even take away your bank account. It's like, <laughs> yeah. how is that inclusion? It's wild. Now, responding to the claims of this, a spokesperson from Barclays, they said, we never close savings accounts based on different opinions regarding beliefs or feedback provided by our customers. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, so what watch reason are they giving? And like, we only ever make the difficult decision to close savings accounts if a customer is rude, abusive, violent, or discriminates in any Anyway, based on the specific facts, comments, or behavior in each case. So they've said this is an act of discrimination. Again, he said this on a podcast over the Building Society's repainting of every you know council building and whatnot in the areas to you know to like transgender and LGBT flags. Um, he's like, oh, firstly, I don't agree with this ideology. Secondly, I don't like the look of the buildings because the, yeah. the flag is like pastel pink and blue together. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. And they're like, nah, this is a form of abusive, violent discrimination. It is not. And, he's allowed to have his opinion and he's allowed to speak it. And and so we're going to take away their ability to bank. I would them. love to see all the customers who bank with Barclay who agree with this man shut down their bank accounts and then see how much Barclays will like that. Yeah. I think the, they'd be astonished to find how many of their customers would agree with this gentleman. Absolutely. Now, Barclays had done the same thing to a Christian charity called Core Issues Trust. <gasps> Core Issues Trust is a, a Christian charity. Basically, it offers support to men and women who have unwanted same-sex attraction. 
So it's not like forced conversion therapy. It's people come to them saying, I have unwanted same-sex attraction. Mm -hmm. I don't want to feel this way anymore. Can I get support? Mm -hmm. And core issue trust is like, yes. And Barclays was like, no. And kicked them out too. So this Shame on Barclays. This is absolutely wild. And it'll be interesting to see how this unfolds in the future. It makes me think of some Bible passages where it says that uh, those who are standing in power at the end of time will per- not permit those to buy or sell mm. who don't worship the beast. Hey, You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And we are going to have our next quiz. Yes, quiz number three for this morning. What was the promise the two spies made to Rahab? I've got four options for you. Multi-choice question here. Was it A, that they would pay her in silver? Was it B, that they would allow her to become a Jew? Was it C, that they would spare the lives of her family? Or was it D, that they would provide a husband for her? Oh. Mm, what promise did the two spies make to Rahab? Amen. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. Of course, that prize that we have for this week is the book Risen by Clifford Goldstein, which, again, by answering questions, you get more and more chances in our draw to win on Friday morning. Well, I was about to say Friday afternoon, but it's the the last moment of Friday, Friday morning on The Breakfast Show. So, again, that number is 0491-064-669. Six six nine. Do you want to read yes, that quiz for us Yes, I'll give you those options again. What was the promise the two spies made to Rahab? Was it A, that they should be paid in silver? Was it B, that she'd be allowed to become a Jew? Was it C, that they would spare the lives of her family? Or was it D, that they would provide a husband for her? Absolutely. 0491-064-669. Guys, remember to state it or star it. If you're just playing the quiz for fun, if you're not going for our amazing prize... You can state it. You can say, hey, I am not going for the prize. Or you can just put a little star emoji there and we'll know exactly what you mean. Even a little asterisk. If you put a little asterisk, we'll know exactly what you mean. 0491-064-669. Now, we've come to the time in our show in which we talk to none other than Pastor Justin Lawman about everything politics and prophecy. Justin, are you there with us? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. You sound great. You sound clear. You sound fantastic. How are you doing, Justin? Yeah, going well, mate. Uh, I a little little late to bed. I had to see Australia win the cricket, which was a big mistake. <laughs> <to watch that. laughs> Wait, how did they go? I, I, I forgive me. I don't follow cricket at all. But oh, Lawson, Lawson, did you go to bed? Uh, Happy yeah, or we disappointed? Won. That's oh, praise God. Uh, we, we, we beat England in the second oh, test. So, yeah. Wouldn't be the first time to praise no, God. No. You know, in no. many different ways. Um, but hey, praise God. Shout out England for losing again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Justin, well, I'm glad that you can be with us this morning. I, I know the feel of staying up late to watch sporting events. You know, we very much live in an international world. But um, <laughs> hey, what's, what's happening in the world of politics and prophecy? Yeah, look, I wanted to talk to you about uh, something that uh, many people probably aren't aware of, and mm. that's an ESG score. Score, uh, ESG score. score. ESG score, it sounds a, a bit of a, um, you know, all these acronyms. Mm. It's it, It's been made very public by a guy named Larry Fink, who mm. is the CEO of the world's largest investment what would we call them? They're not a company, but they're BlackRock. Mm, um, ESG is <laughs> a score that 
um, was first floated by the United Nations in mm. 2004, where there's a measurement given to your corporation. Mm-hmm. They call this, uh, conch, you know, conscious capitalism, where they're, they're being sort of companies are supposed to take these areas into uh, consideration when they do investments. Mm. And if they don't, they'll get a low score. If they do now, the first one is the environment. Mm-hmm. That's the E. Mm-hmm. The S is social. And the last one is governance. Mm. Let me just uh, put my my uh, flag up here and say this is very anti-faith and anti-Christian. Wow. And it's coming from – there's a great fight going on. I talk about this most weeks between the left and the right in politics. Sure. Uh, right across the world, where it's it's happening. And, and all these events, France is burning this weekend uh, over the death of a young Islamic guy and uh, the, the pushback, and that's actually putting the right-wing party – straight into prominence in France, there's mm. such tensions there. But around the world, there's this battle between um, what prophecy we'd call the king of the south and what uh, and the other side's the king of the north from Daniel 11. Mm. King of the south is an atheistic, uh, globalist view of the world. Mm. King of the north is faith and believing in in scripture but not necessarily following god uh the right doesn't behave in ways that we would always agree with that's for sure mm-hmm. but this this corporate world the environment is you know what decarbonization right now that's the big thing mm-hmm. so your company faith fm if you were getting an esg score you'd have to fill out all this report on how much carbon you're producing with your radio station. And you do you do have a lot of hot air there, I think, don't you? Ah, we're, tra- <laughs> <laughs> we're trying. Uh, we're, we're quite cool in the morning here. It's real okay, chilly. Okay. But I'm actually Sorry. I'm reading through some of the some of the points here. So it says climate change issues include carbon emissions, product carbon footprint, financing environmental impact, and climate change vulnerability. As well, and then it you know goes through nature capital issues as well, and then the pollution and waste category, uh, which you know toxic emissions and waste, packaging material waste, uh, electronic waste, all of these points that I guess uh, yeah included in this survey to then give you some kind of score. And and that you know, let's look after the planet. Sure, no problems with that. Mm. The second one, the social. Mm. You know who got a really low. ESG score is Tesla. Wow. Okay. How come? Now, Tesla was all the rage. Everyone wanted an electric car and still does, I think. I mm. look at them as I drive around in my old patrol and think, wow. <laughs> but Tesla got such a low one because of the, you know, Elon Musk took over Twitter and he's allowed certain people to go on Twitter and the, the social is really impacting particularly on your relationship to the 
the alphabet mafia, the LGBTQ plus, mm. the all, all of that side of thing. And because he's uh, he let Donald Trump back on and whatever else, he's getting a low score. So you can see the agenda behind the ESG. And people, you, you know, you might be looking at ads on TV with, with ANZ Bank. ANZ Bank. They won't give a loan now to a coal company, a coal mine, mm. uh, because they want to get a high score. So in the corporate world, this has been very real, but we're just starting to see some pushback. Sorry, Justin. How does it affect um, them when they get a low score? I mean, what does it do mm. to them, to their corporation, like financially? How does it hurt them? This is not This is a really good uh, question. So... It's not really a centralized controlled by the any particular government, but BlackRock and some of these big financial institutions, other twenty trillion dollars of investments and assets, mm. they will affect how you can get a loan, how mm. where the money can come to you. Because if you can't raise money in a business, you're you're really gone. Mm. And so Banks will say, we won't support a coal mine anymore because that might lead to more carbon being produced. And so if you're a coal mine, all of a sudden, if you don't play this game, you can go broke. Mm -hmm. And how it affects them is is if I don't come out with my supporting Pride Month in the US and the rainbow flag and everything else, well, my business will directly suffer. Yeah. It was in, interesting. We were talking in our uh, in our news section before this about this happening on a personal individual level. We talked about how Barclays, a bank in the UK, had basically had, had closed the bank a bank account of a pastor who said on a podcast that he didn't like his local building society painting transgender flags everywhere because it's making the town look worse. And also, he doesn't agree with the ideology as well. And they just straight up close his bank account, but this isn't just on the individual level, which for, for most of us, the individual is where it hurts us. But now when we're talking about on a corporate level, it's if you're not hitting, if you're not hitting these points, then you're just kicked out of business. Nigel Farage, a politician who led the Brexit campaign in the U.S. for two months now, has Mm. not been able to find a bank account. He got a letter from his bank to say, we're closing your accounts, get get your money out. Mm. He said, why? Why? He's banked with them forever. Mm. Uh, This comes back to his stance on some of these social issues. Mm. This is very real. And people... Again, we see this battle between the two sides in the Bud Light and the Target and everything sure. in the US. They've come out wanting to increase their ESG score so that they won't get cut out of the big finances that are coming from different corporations. Mm. And the public, who you know, most of America, if you look at a map of the counties in America, most of them are, are republic, Republicans, conservative, red states, red counties. Mm. But the corporations are pushing very much on the other way. And so people, 
don't necessarily know that their bank's being put under pressure and so the bank's now going to them. And that guy, he's doing this all as, as a result of this concept that came out of the United Nations mm. in 2004. Mm. And it's playing out now. They're going to lose. This isn't going to work. People are going to wake up and say, and corporations like Target, like Bud Light, will have to make a decision. Do I want a good ESG score or do I want my customers to support me? Speaking of those guys, um, I was wondering, so how do they, do they step in then because they've, they've obviously done what the score, you know, they've, they're working to get a good score. Do they then get help when they get backlash from the community? Do they get financial help? I mean, because Bud Light lost so much money. Target lost so much mm. money. How do they get cared for? Yeah, well, this is the this is the million dollar question because until just recent months, no one has pushed back, mm-hmm. and we are witnessing right now the fight back, if you like. Elon Musk said, came out famously a few months ago and said, this ESG is a scam. Mm. Warren Buffett called it the same thing because it affects stocks and shares and who's going to portfolio. This is the left really pushing their anti-faith, anti-anything that they don't agree with through financial means. In Revelation chapter 13, at the very end, it is an economic thing. Mm. You can't buy or sell unless you receive the mark of the beast. Mm. This is teaching. I think that will come from the right, not from the left. And this is teaching the right how to act because they've discovered if they don't buy or sell at Target, Target changes its behavior. Mm. And now you imagine you can't get a bank account. Yeah, <laughs> I can't get a card to pay a toll on the road. Mm-hmm. I can't pay cash. How, how do I do that over the phone? If I don't have a bank account, I'm a non-person. Yeah, essentially. In the it's, digital world. There's, there's essentially nothing you can do. <laughs> well, there's there's very few things you can do. But, th- wow, I, I think that this is... Again, we're, we're seeing this now, these, these corporate battles over ideology then trickle down to the person. And we can see that, yeah, essentially they've worked out that the best way to socially engineer society or to attempt to do so is to restrict them financially. And it, That's right. and, and it enables a change in, in morality across society. I hate the fact that these corporations are doing this because the power of the coin is consumer's biggest power. Like mm. we sitting here, we can't really do much to you know go tell Barclays or Target to stop doing that, but we can stop shopping there. But now it's like this ESG thing has switched that up and now we don't even have that power because like if they're going to lose their ESG standing and if 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 they do it their way and so it doesn't matter where we spend our money anymore. Mm. This is such a shift from the way the Western world has functioned. Mm. We work through elections. A side will propose something and we'll either vote it up or vote it down, as we're going to do with a voice. Mm. Have your vote. Make your say. Mm. But 
this is no there's no election. This is some big corporate body that is in its very nature. This is a sham. They mm. care about profits, profits and profits. Mm. And crushing anyone that is their opposition. They centralize and take over everything. They're not nice players. Mm-hmm. And you know, that sort of I live in my own world and yeah, whatever, I don't have to shop at Target. Could you imagine you lose your bank account? Mm. You imagine you you know, and cash is probably the next thing that will come under pressure that the actual existence of cash is is a threat to their control. Mm-hmm. And so uh, if you have a, a society that doesn't rely on cash, and let's face it, I hardly use it anymore. Mm. I, I don't – I'd love to have more cash, but I don't. So I just whack the card on the machine and away we go. I'll get some more fuel. If you didn't have cash and you only had digital – Imagine how, with one click of a button, you're you're sunk. Mm. You can't buy food at the shop. It's um it's a frightening thing, and it tells me and reminds me we are living right at the end of of the history scale. If there's a mm. scale, we're living in very serious times, mm. and just be awake. Be awake to what's going on. There's all sorts of links to vaccination status was also linked in with these things as well Mm. on a personal level. So um, that's died down for now, and we're grateful that that we're no longer fighting those things. But look, um, really serious times. And behind the scenes that you may be not aware of, these big corporations are very much engaged with this sort of war and battle, mm. which I think is ultimately against faith. Absolutely. Justin, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.